Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Hope everyone is doing good today. Um, I have a very special show, and I have a very special guest, and I'm just waiting for us to all connect. We're having a little bit of technical difficulties on Blog Talk today, but just let me get it together, and... Okay, hello? Hey, Tiffia? Hi, are you there? (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, everybody, I'm sorry. We were having some difficulties with technology. There's been a lot of different things going on. But, okay, so we're live now. So today, um, this is Divya, and she is um, uh, this wonderful woman that I met. And a little bit about our back history, we are both authors of a book called 20 Beautiful Women. And what – what chapter uh volume are you in i'm in volume two okay she's in volume two and i'm in volume four and we met at a um like a convention type of thing like i believe every time a volume comes out all of the authors get together and we met and we connected and the reason why i asked her to be on this show and i named the show finding your life's purpose is because i'll never forget when we had a conversation and she told me her story and I thought that her story was very interesting and I feel like a lot of people can relate to it and I wanted her to share it with everybody. So I'm just going to leave it to her and let her explain her story and her situation and how she found her life purpose. But let me mention, she's an international life certified fulfillment life coach, master spirit life coach, best-selling author, speaker, and mentor. And so go ahead. <laughs> wow. Explain away. Thank you so much for that, <laughs> of course. For that introduction. <laughs> um, so hi, everybody. Um, Tiffany, thank you so much for inviting me to be on mm-hmm. your show. And um, mm-hmm. I, I feel really, really honored to be here. If I if I think about um, mm-hmm. when you and I first met and, and how we, you know, connected and, and you know, the story, um, I really didn't mm-hmm. think that it would inspire you so much that I would actually be talking to you today. But, but I guess um, I guess I'll start from the beginning. So, um, mm-hmm. my name is Divya Jagasundram. I actually, because I'm, I'm a, also Tiffany said, I'm a, I'm a certified life coach and fulfillment coach and master spirit life coach. But my journey started um, long before I got into coaching, actually. So. The chapter in The 20 Beautiful Women, Volume 2, that, that I'm in and, and that I talk about is actually, um, is actually called Impossible is Possible, right? And mm-hmm. it, it starts actually talking about how I was, I've been born and brought up into you know, a very sort of traditional South Asian family, um, and I was born and brought up in England, in Oxford, England, and um, in, into a Hindu Hindu family with, you know, uh, a good mix of traditions and um, knowing our culture and practicing our culture. But at the same time, you know, um, my parents have always tried to encourage us to, or brought us up in a way that we would understand, you know, the Western world of things and, and, and values of, of the East and sort of, you know, trying to combine the two and actually um, live, you know, as an Eastern girl, but I guess in like a Western world sort of thing. So, um Part of my story, or a large part of my story in that chapter, comes back to actually career moves and choices that I made um, 
for myself and sometimes you know against what I guess the norms were or or what you know society or people would think that we should be doing right so if I go into a little bit more detail here it was you know for South Asian family typical minimum sort of standard of an education is to go and get a degree right especially in the sort of family that I was in and and the goals and, and things that my parents had for us growing up it was it was always okay you'll go to school and then you'll go to university and then you'll get a great job and then you can think about everything else later right and obviously mm-hmm. along that you want to, to be a good person and a good human being and and you know bring about or, or you know embrace all the other values that we're being taught um, things sort of changed a little bit for me when my mom um, had visited a, a, her local bank and came home one day when I was 16 and was saying, you know, like there's a, there's a job at, at, the, at the bank for a cashier position, a teller, would you like to do it? And I was like, okay, this is, you know, this seems exciting, this seems good. My dad, on the other hand, was very much like, you know, now you're in your studying part of your life, you shouldn't be thinking about work. Um, and, you know, after sort of toing and froing, we kind of managed to twist his arm and I, and I got an interview with the bank. And from there, you know, I was thinking I was going to go into law and I would go down that traditional, that traditional path. Um, for me, things changed and I really got interested in, in banking and, and kind of, you know, working at the same time. And, and, you know, things just, I guess, change. As you get older, you sort of grow up a bit and, you know, other things happen and, and you're sort of thinking, ah, maybe, maybe going to university and going down a typical path isn't, isn't what I have to do, right? And um, mm-hmm. at 18, I then decided, or I was actually offered a position to work full-time, and I'd gotten a, um, an offer to do law, and um, for a long time that had been a dream for me. And like I said, it would have ticked all the, all the traditional boxes of what I was meant to do and what my, what my brother had done and typically what cousins and other family members and you know, everybody else in our sort of groups or circles were doing. Um, instead... <laughs> Uh, this offer of the bank came up, and I and I thought, ah, you know what, this is something I think I'd like to do. But how am I going to um, get this past everybody else, right? And and how is this going to mm-hmm. be perceived? Because as much as we want to say that we don't care what other people think, there is that that you know nagging voice mm-hmm. or the nagging voices or everything else, or you know that sort of influences right. you, right? You start feeling like you, ah, you know it does matter. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Luckily enough for me, my parents were, were supportive of it. You know, they said, okay, that's what you want to do, then, then that's fine, mm-hmm. but you've got to make sure it, it works for you, right? You know, working, studying at the same time, it's not going to be easy. Um, for me, mm-hmm. I was, you know, literally left with, okay, there's this dilemma of what do I do? Do I go into the bank full time? And um, if I do that, I need to make sure that I'm, you know, more successful than any other 21-year-old that is going to be in that same situation as me. Because, again, for me, it comes back to, or it came back a little bit to, you know, the, the perception of what other people are going to think of me. Are they going to think that I couldn't get into university? Are they going to think I didn't get the grades? Are they going to think, mm-hmm. you know, she's dumb? Or, you know, or any, any other right. you know, ideas that are going to, you know, going to come into people's heads. And then, you know, how is that going to mm-hmm. make me feel? Um, so I said, okay, the only way to do that is I, I have to push myself beyond, you know, what anybody else would do at that age. And so I said, okay, if I am going to do this, I have to set a goal for myself where I, I can do the extraordinary, I can do the impossible, I could maybe become the youngest bank manager, right? Let me find out how old the youngest <laughs> bank manager is. I was told the youngest manager was about 25. Um, so I said, okay, mm-hmm. if I'm going to do this, I have to actually become the youngest manager at maybe 22, 23, and then I'd be happy. Um, I still haven't really right. made the decision. We, I, like I said at the beginning, um, come from a Hindu family, and 
uh, you know, we had a temple in the back garden, although it was a private temple, it was open to everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I went into the temple and I literally put both my choices on a piece of paper, of either going to law school or of, got, you know, going to the bank and um, pursuing a career mm-hmm. with the bank. I, I prayed, I dropped both of those pieces of paper in front of my favorite deity. And I just said, you know, I surrender my decision to you and you know, whatever it is I'm supposed to do, you know, I'll pick up the right piece of paper. And so when I, I dropped the piece of paper, I picked one of them up and it said banking. So I went into the house and then told my parents, I said, this is what it says, it's banking. And you could see, you know, although they were happy, you could see this kind of look on their face. And I don't know if they themselves would remember it, but it was like, oh God, okay, you're going down the banking route, what's everyone going to say? Or, okay, right. <laughs> okay, we support you. You know, we're going to give you the, uh-huh. the, the right answer here. We support you. But but don't mess mm-hmm. it up, right? Make sure you make something right. of yourself. You've got nothing to fall back on. Um, mm-hmm. When I got into the bank as well, then it was a case of you know me telling people, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to become the youngest manager. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I would get this, these sort of looks of like, Divya, you're a bit crazy. That that's not how it works. That's not how it happens, right? Um, mm-hmm. Again, you know, this came down to me sort of having a vision for myself, setting a goal, actually having that belief and um, in myself, and, and also the dedication towards actually the work that I was going to do to get there. Right? And I was. I was really, like, dedicated. I really, at that point, um, Tiffany didn't, didn't care. And I, didn't, I couldn't care less right. about what anybody else was thinking. So right? I, and, and I, I have one question. And I had to get to a point. Yeah. Not to cut you off. So in that time in your life, you felt that banking was where you needed to be. You didn't have any idea that you wanted to be a life coach or go like in that direction. So you were set on, okay, I'm going to be a a, a teller for forever. Is that, is that what you're saying? You want to move up? No, yeah. Oh, a bank manager, a bank manager. Mm -hmm. Not as a teller, but then ultimately I thought, okay, I have to, Basic, basically, I knew that whatever I was going to mm-hmm. do, at, you know, at that stage of my life, it ha- I had to become super successful because I wasn't going to have right. a traditional degree or, you know, education at that level that perhaps mm-hmm. other people would look for, right? So I knew, mm-hmm. that, you know, if I'm going to go down this path, I've got to make sure that it, like, I'm different and that I'm going to stand out in whatever it is that I'm That's doing, it. right? And if I can't do mm-hmm. that, then I may as well go to university and go down a, a more of a traditional sort of path where you know, whatever I'm going to do is going to be recognized. I'm not going to have to sort of explain myself, right? Right. Um, but because that piece of paper literally, you know, <laughs> said, okay, banking, and, and my my own um, decision was, okay, I surrender it. I surrender it to the, to the powers of above and, and to God. So really whatever it says for me to do is what I'm going to mm-hmm. do. And there was no sort of, um, you know, fluttering around, like at that point as to, you know, oh, I'm going to change my mind or, or anything like that. It was just like, okay, this is what I have to do for now. This is what I'm gonna I'm gonna do. Um, so at 21, I actually became the youngest bank manager for the UK, and it was, you know, for me that was like one major goal, like ticked off my list. Thank you. And then at, at 22, I ended up actually being transferred over to Canada, and that's when then things changed. Not only did I um, get married at I think yeah 23, so I got married at 23, and then you know, I had my career and everything else going for me here. Um, but, but suddenly things started to change. And that's where, um, I guess for me, it, it kind of, life sort of took a little bit of a dip because I was expecting it mm-hmm. to, you know, I was expecting it to um, still feel as great and for me to still feel as fulfilled and 
for me to think like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the youngest bank manager here in North America as well, and then I'm gonna and do X, mm-hmm. Y, and Z and keep going, right? And unfortunately, those it, it didn't kind of pan out that way. And I suppose that's life, isn't it? You, you can't really plan right. everything out and think that everything is gonna is gonna be that way. And I suppose I had to be, mm-hmm. I, in hindsight, I had to to go through all of that to then realize that okay, banking is not gonna be my be all and end all. It served, my, you know, a purpose for a certain time in my life to get me to, to different places, right, which it did. Mm-hmm. It brought me over to, to, this, to, to Canada. It brought me over to this country. Um, mm-hmm. But then, like I said, somewhere it took me, like, things started to change. I started to feel very unfulfilled. I started to feel, like, very unhappy, um, like, angry even at, at certain decisions that I had made. And, you know, why am I here? Right. And now when you sort of... You, yeah, and you start kind of dreading even like going into work, and you you know you're nice to oh, people yeah. at work, even though you yeah even though you don't like the environment, and then you take it out on the people right. that treat well, you're not right? being and that yeah you're, you're being almost phony, like you're just there, yeah. and it turns into a job, not a career. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, after I had my second daughter, um, I, I managed to sort of do my own um, I guess soul searching a little bit and kind of just mm-hmm. sort of going back to what I feel my own purpose is. And I started feeling at some point after I came here and I started working for the bank here, I started feeling at some point I'm not helping people anymore. And oddly mm-hmm. enough, when I was in the UK and I was working in the bank, I was, you know, and, and things were going really, really well. I actually felt, you know, like I would go in every day and feel like I'm helping people, right? In some form or another, I'm, I'm helping somebody, I'm helping their life, I'm helping their situation. And and it didn't feel like that anymore with, with with the career that I had. Although you know the money was good, the it felt good to say I had my own branch and I was a manager and this and that. And I was managing a, a team and 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 I'm a superstar salesperson and, and all that stuff, right? But it was all just not real. It was just you know it just felt like right. you know, very superficial. It wasn't really like mm-hmm. affecting sort of my my core. It wasn't it wasn't actually doing anything for for my insides. And so when I started like then thinking mm-hmm. about um, how I felt when I was, you know, on top of the world and when I would, would feel great about my career before, it was it was coming down to the fact that I was I was enjoying being with people, but I was enjoying helping them. I was enjoying interacting with them. I was I felt like I was sort of, you know, creating some kind of impact, right? Um, which I which I really wasn't feeling like I was getting from from banking here in, in Canada. And so mm-hmm. when I had time off for this year of maternity, I started thinking about you know, other ways in which I can help. And that's when I started looking back even at, you know, my father and what he has been, he'd been doing for so many years. In, in hindsight, you know, if I think about coaching and life coaches, although he had, didn't have sort of a formal title for it because there was no name for whatever, you know, he was doing, he was, all con- he was helping people with their lives. He was helping them, you know, he was being that sort of confidant, that pillar of support. He was, you know, um, creating an impact. Um, and then I just felt like, okay, you know, I, I've been exposed to this from a young age anyway, and now, you know, there is more of a a, a title, I guess, or a, a profession that has been made out of uh, people who are, who help in this way. And and again, I I faced the same thing when I said, okay, I'm leaving the bank. Right? I don't think I want to do banking anymore after 13 years. I'm going to go into life coaching. You can imagine the first reaction was like, huh? What coaching? Oh, you mean like like a sports coach? What's a life coach? agony on you're like a therapist a counselor I'm like no 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 it's right. none of those things right um and so again mm-hmm. it, you know part two of I suppose my career it was it was 
that same thing again a little bit with everybody's kind of okay well what is a coach like what do you do why would you do that you know banking is so stable banking is a is a great career for you why don't you go back there the money is good like why why are you giving all that up right and I still get that mm-hmm. I still get that a fair amount but people are mm-hmm. still like hey, how do you like what do you do right <laughs> because in, in um, I totally reality, yeah, because in reality, coaching is still very new. A lot of people are right. not familiar with what it is, right? Um, mm-hmm. it, it really hasn't hit its peak yet. It's only going to hit its peak in about 2023. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, recently even I met somebody at a networking event. They, I was introduced as a coach. The gentleman looked at me rather oddly, and I, I just asked him and said, you know, why are you looking at me like that? And he said, I, just, I don't know, I just don't picture you as a, as a lifeguard. I said, I'm not a lifeguard. <laughs> okay you don't work at the side of a pool and you don't work at the side of a pool like saving people I said no (laughs) I know what you mean because people say oh you're a fortune teller you have a crystal ball and I'm like no (laughs) not at all so I know what you mean (laughs) it's that perception right but it it all kind of came down again to to you know, bringing us back to your your point and and, and the show really for today mm-hmm. is that at many different times in my life I have gone against whatever the norm has been, whatever people have said, mm-hmm. you know, um, whatever negativity even has come my way, and and you know, I found a way to kind of work through that and fight through it and challenge myself to get through it if it is something that I have felt passionate enough about, mm-hmm. and if it's something that I have felt like is my own calling or is you know, it's still a way that I can create an impact or inspire other people or motivate other people. And, and, and that's, I guess, the running theme, even from when I was in mm-hmm. banking. Right? I enjoyed being able to inspire people and, and motivate people into, into taking mm-hmm. action for themselves to better themselves, to become the best version of themselves, to stretch themselves, right? And so that's one thing that mm-hmm. then I found, oh, I can do this in coaching as well. I can directly impact you know, the lives of individuals and people who actually want to, to make that shift, right? People who who want to develop themselves, who want to stretch themselves, who want to, like I said, really become the best version of themselves. And, and that's right. where that's this, what it's all about. fulfillment, yeah. And that's where for me as well, I feel really fulfilled when when I'm doing mm-hmm. that. And and that was that mm-hmm. missing point for me um, in, in, I guess, the banking, in, ultimately. Mm-hmm. You know, when I came here and, and all of that happened, it was a case of, like, there's something shifted for me, and it's not it's not the same. I'm not feeling like I'm helping people anymore, right? And so, um, right. for me, somewhere along the lines, I felt like, okay, this is, this is more of a, 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 you know, my own purpose, my own life purpose of how I can actually make changes. Because I feel like if, you know, people can feel better about themselves, they can actually work on even their own goals. And slowly, slowly, everybody, you know, they start impacting other people. And then they start impacting mm-hmm. other people. And so it's kind of this knock-on effect, right, which, which is very, very positive. It's a very positive mm-hmm. feeling that everybody then starts having. And, and you kind of all share in that. So... Right, um, definitely. Yeah, so that's I, where my own passion has, has come to coaching. Right. Um, I, I have a question, and I'm sure everybody is wondering this. What exactly is a master spirit life coach, and what is the difference between a fulfillment uh, life coach? Like, can you tell us the difference and what they mean? Yeah, so, so fulfillment life coach is, is basically just a title that I've chosen for myself. Um, and mm-hmm. that's because okay. I have, fulfillment is what has 
become a huge part of my own life. I feel like, what's the point in doing anything if you're not actually, if you don't feel fulfilled in the process? Right. right. Even, you know, and, and which again, bringing me back to sort of my banking career, even though, you know, the image was great and the money was mm-hmm. good and, you know, being mm-hmm. called, uh, the titles were good and everything else that came with it, that was all good. Did I feel good? And the answer was no. Like, did I feel fulfilled? Mm-hmm. Did I feel, like, happy in what I was doing? And it was always no, right? So it was like, what, mm-hmm. what's the point? What's the point in having all of that and not actually feeling good about what you're doing? And so that, it, it, that right. follows through with most goals that you might have in life, right? What drives you to do anything if you can't feel fulfilled in the process, right? And you can't take mm-hmm. that time to, you know, enjoy the journey, right? So that's why yeah. I then chose fulfillment as something that I could specialize in because it's something that I, I felt that I could bring to the table with every client that I'm dealing with or that I'm working with, right? Whatever goal mm-hmm. or desire they would be working on, I felt like, okay, fulfillment is, is a part of, of your life that we can, we can work on and, you know, we can, we can br- I can bring fulfillment into any element of coaching that I would be doing. Whereas Master Spirit based right. coaching was an extra um, qualification that I did, it was extra studies that I did to actually go more into the spiritual side of things. Right, uh, or mm-hmm. you know, whether it's higher powers, whether it's um, beliefs, right, that we would go through. And so um, clients want different things, right? Some clients, and it, again, it depends on you know, what stage of life you're in, um, right? You know, where, where you're at with, again, your own personal like dreams, goals, desires, things that you want to work on, right? For some people, they're going to be, you know, maybe career, maybe wellness, maybe um, balance, maybe weight loss. Right, empowerment. Mm-hmm. As one of my um, mm-hmm. master spirit clients, it's more a case of actually, again, trying to find their purpose or, you know, trying to become more spiritual, trying to become more balanced in other parts of their life and actually, you know, mm-hmm. um, learning more about higher powers, right? And so right. it's, and, even, and I guess the metaphysical side of things, right? So what we can attract right. through our thoughts and through, you know, mm-hmm. um, meditation, through affirmations, right? Mm-hmm. So, Mm-hmm. I felt that it was important because of my own um, like upbringing and, and, you know, being quite spiritual myself. That was just mm-hmm. where I had a, an extra sort of interest. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like I could help clients that way as well. So that's I, I love that. I love that aspect. Sorry to cut you off. <laughs> I no, love okay, that no. aspect of it um, because, you, as you know, I'm a very spiritual person and everything I do is spiritual. My career, being a medium, um, psychic, whatever, I bring spirituality in even my writing. Just, you know, even when I'm writing just like a blog or something, I always bring a spiritual aspect. So I really respect and love that you have added that to your title. And I think that draws more people in and it makes you sound more down to earth whether than somebody just talking at somebody. I feel like mm-hmm. the way that you approach people and do things, you're talking with them and you have such a kind soul. And I think you're just perfect for this job. <laughs> I thank think you so you're, you're amazing. Of course, you're well, amazing. Thank you. And thank you. Yes, yes, definitely. And another question, what would you like to say to everybody who is who is stuck, who is looking for their life purpose? You know, what recommendations do you have? Any tips do you have for somebody searching and worried about, you know, maybe they don't didn't have supportive parents and everybody's just like judging them. Like, what suggestions do you have or would you give a client? finding their life purpose, trying to find their life purpose. It's a 
a good question. And I think for me, um, to me, this is kind of twofold, right? Because you've got mm-hmm. clients who might actually, okay, might be stuck in certain aspects, right? And this is a beautiful mm-hmm. thing about coaching as well, because coaching is a really special journey in relationship whereby the client and the coach are able to sort of identify, collaborate, and work on achieving whatever the desired, you know, goals are together. And once they've, once they've mm-hmm. established that, and, that, and that would be one of the first things that I would say, and I'm not trying to actually promote everybody getting a coach here or anything like that, but sometimes yeah, I think oh, yeah. it, it's worth saying. Yeah, it's worth saying because, because mm-hmm. like I said, coaching is still a new profession, so people don't really understand what coaching is and how it works, right? But because right. it's just sort of, um, one of the beautiful things about coaching is, like I said, it's a co-creative relationship, right, between the coach mm-hmm. and the client, meaning there's no person that is um, an authority over the other, right? There's no person that right. is more superior. The coach is not coming in as somebody who's superior to, to the client, right? Um, exactly. Instead, exactly. The, the relationship is of actual equal, it's, it's of equal responsibility between the coach and the client. And I know for myself, you know, as a coach, I help my clients to actually look deeper for their own answers, right? And often deeper mm-hmm. than they actually thought possible, right? And so that's mm-hmm. one of the beautiful things here because the coach takes the time to actually, you know, listen to what the client is saying, you know, like take them through um, different kinds of, of questions, right? Different kinds of questions mm-hmm. to get them to go deeper and deeper so they actually start to become more introspective, right? They start to right. actually you know, take a deeper look at even themselves, the way they're living life, what their own beliefs are, what their values are, right? And so instead mm-hmm. of providing answers, the coach actually starts to provide more of a support system for their client that actually exactly. includes things like, right, honesty and open insights and, you know, accountability, right, as well as new perspectives. And that's part of the process right. as well, right? Be willing to embrace the change, Right, there's no point people coming into coaching or hiring coaches and sort of just wanting to stay exactly where they are. You have to be willing to embrace right. that change when you're coming to to your sessions and engaging this way. And and really, when right. when you can even look at, at new perspectives or you know evaluate your own beliefs and your values, um, they're able to then look at their own issues of their life or their situation and and see what things mm-hmm. they want to make and start working on it. So for anybody right. that you know, has the chance to work with a coach, my first thing would say, you know, like, you know, if you don't have that support, you don't have the people around you, you feel you're feeling kind of stuck. Go, go even have a free session with a coach somewhere. Call me and have a free mm-hmm. session with me. You know what I mean? They go to. Right. You don't have to right. hire me. You don't have to even hire a coach. There'd be plenty of coaches <laughs> that would be willing to just plenty of coaches would be willing to just sort of have a have a coffee maybe with you, right? Or talk with you right. and actually say, well, let's. Let's put some things down. And it takes work, right? If you're stuck, if anybody is stuck in their life, like like anything, mm-hmm. like, like, but you need to work right. at it. And to work at it, you've got to mm-hmm. put the time aside. So number one, okay, start maybe putting some, give some time to yourself, right? And we don't do mm-hmm. it. Right? We, we, we're, right. we're constantly, you know, in today's day and age, like so many people are constantly multitasking, constantly trying to get different things done. We don't even take time to, to be mindful Right? How many times if you, you know, right. and I use this as, as an example with even my clients, how many times when you're taking a shower, right, do you actually take the time to enjoy how or, or pay attention to the temperature of the water? Is it hot? Yes. Is it cold? Is it oh, warm? Yes. You know? How, right? how, how mindful <laughs> are we of 
even the fact that we have water and that we can enjoy this this wonderful shower. Right. You know, how how do we pay attention to how the water sort of touches our body? Do we pay attention to anything? Or like me, are you sort of thinking about, oh, I've got to get the kids ready for school. I have to get the dinner ready. I've got to go shopping. I've got to uh, probably respond to some emails and I've got to watch a show, right? You're already thinking about the next thing. So first right. and foremost, and give yourself I'm some time. We're at the one minute mark, and I just want everyone to know where the. Could you tell everybody where they can find you, how to get a hold yeah. of you, and um, if you want to tell your social media links, and I will be putting that in the information. Um, so just let yeah. everybody know how so, to get a, get a hold of you. So you can. My website <laughs> is www.coachlifeplaylife.com. You can get me as well by email on divya at coachlifeplaylife.com. Um, I'm terrible with my Instagram, my Twitter, and everything else, Tiffany. So I will get that all on the link to you, and you can it's you can okay. I guess put it up on the link there. But but email is probably okay. the best way, guys. Right. All right. Well, I thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and giving us tips and just being you and spreading your love and light to everybody. And I would love to have you back on another time. I know this was kind of short, but it, it was great. You did a great job. And I just Thanks, wish everybody having me. get to take, some, of course, take something away from this and hope everybody has a wonderful night. Goodbye, guys. Love and thank light. You. Good night. Good night. Good night.